Hey y'all, it's Luke. 100% not a fun one this week. No jokey skit. I'm not even probably going to do the intro music. I'm going to keep it brief. I actually wasn't even going to do an episode this week because nothing really seemed... I didn't know that we could meet the moment and it might just be better if you can't meet the moment to just not say anything at all. But then... Once you've made the decision to take a human life, you're a transformed creature. You're a predator. What does the predator do? They kill. Only a killer can hunt a killer. Are you emotionally, spiritually, psychologically prepared to snuff out a human life in defense of innocent lives? If you can't make that decision, you need to find another job. That's the voice of David Grossman in a documentary called Conditioned Response, directed by Craig Atkinson from 2017. He's a retired army colonel turned police trainer who teaches a methodology called killology. I'm going to say that again, killology, the science of killing. He's a former psychology professor at West Point. He's a professor of military science, and he was an army ranger. And now he's the head and probably founder of the Killology Research Group which goes around and teaches military tactics and the psychology of killing to cops. That was a snippet of audio from one of his classes. You heard him say it. His intent in these seminars is to teach cops to think like predators. Only a killer can hunt a killer. Don't want to beat around the bush here. Why am I talking about this guy? He's coming to Spokane in October to train our cops. Only a killer can hunt a killer. My buddy Paul dug this up and I didn't immediately remember the dude's name. But then I did a little Googling and he's famous. Before I tell you why he's famous, let's quote a little bit more of his seminars. This is from insider.com. I'll put all these links in the show notes. The title is one of America's most popular police trainers is teaching officers how to kill with fear-based warrior tactics. Quote, I'm convinced from a lifetime of study. If you fully prepare yourself, in most cases, killing is just not that big of a deal. For a mature warrior who has prepared their selves, mind, body, and spirit for a lifetime, for a mature warrior whose killing represents a clear and present danger to others, it's just not that big of a deal, Grossman said in 2015. 2015 is also incidentally the last time he came to Spokane to do training. Insider here is quoting from a 2016 police militarization documentary called Do Not Resist. Grossman also enticed his audience by noting that killing can lead to great sex. Quote, both partners are very invested in some very intense sex. There's not a whole lot of perks that come with this job. You find one, relax, and enjoy it, he said in the same course. So let's just pause for a second. (laughs) So he's already talked about being a warrior And once you train your mind to be like a warrior, killing isn't that big of a deal. So I'm sorry, but to me, that sounds less like West Point and more like the opening scenes of a video game, like the training session in a video game. And I've played a lot of video games, so I know. I know nothing about war. I know a lot about video games. So it's like you're playing a video game. It's like you're leveling up or you're playing an RPG. You've just unlocked a new part of a skill tree, like the automatic killer skill tree. And then when you finally get to use that skill, you get a perk. The perk being good-ass sex with your lady or whatever, or your fella. Although it's important to note that in the conference scenes in that video, these rooms are like maybe 100% dudes. Yeah, I just went back and looked at the video. There's like three or four training sessions with several hundred officers. I counted five women 
and again, I'm just looking at whatever footage was shown, but if, if his clientele is 3% women, I'd be surprised. It just has this feel of a very male fantasy. The modern warrior who protects his community with righteous violence and then goes home and dicks down his lady. Okay, I'm going to play one more little clip from Conditioned Response, and then I'm going to leave a link in the show description because this documentary, if you can handle it, and serious content warning, but it's a brutal look into this guy's methods, his callousness. Here we go. Whenever we survey cops about use of deadly force, they consistently tell us that number one concern is what? Begins with an L. Lawsuits, liability, lawyers, I'm going to get sued. Get every training opportunity you can. Don't be afraid of being sued. Everybody gets sued. Just a chance for overtime. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> be afraid of being successfully sued. So yeah, don't worry if you kill somebody. Just worry if you get caught. I mean, I just don't know how as like a an administrator, a police chief, a sheriff, you can pretend or you can assert, let's say that, you can assert that this is cold, rational, calculating. These are men and women who are just trained to analytically assess a situation and keep people safe, de-escalate conflict. They only really act when they're provoked or whatever. They never overreact and then sponsor these kinds of trainings because this is a sponsored training. It, it's taking place out at the Spokane Sheriff's Training Complex out in uh, Newman Lake. I'll add a link to the flyer too. It's a crime against graphic design. We'll just add that to the list of charges. So it seems like if you're a police chief or a sheriff and there's a national crisis of confidence in policing, the last thing you would wanna do is host the guy who trained the guy who killed Philando Castile. Oops, I just gave away the ending. Geronimo Yanez takes a class from Dave Grossman in unleashing his quote-unquote warrior spirit. Again, video game shit. And within two years, Philando Castile is dead. Even after telling the guy he had a gun, that he was not going for his gun, and Yanez killed him anyway. Let's keep going down that timeline. Castile dies in 2016. Yanez is acquitted in 2017 because that's what always happens. But in 2018, Ramsey County Sheriff's Office, which is the county that Minneapolis is in, and the Minneapolis Police Department itself, said they won't send officers to bulletproof training, formerly called Bulletproof Warrior. So there's a little bit of a PR problem, so he renames it from Bulletproof Warrior to Bulletproof Training. Now flash forward to 2020, there's been another extrajudicial killing in Minnesota, and the Spokane Police and the Spokane Sheriff's Department are still using the Bulletproof training, formerly known as Bulletproof Warrior Guy. I was going to save the Castile audio for the end, but I think we should just put it here. It's time. Content warning, this is the last few moments of a man's life. Good. How are you? Good. Uh, reason I put you over to your brake lights are out. I have to tell you, I do have a okay. firearm on me. Okay. Don't, don't reach for it, then. I'm, 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 don't reach for it, then. Don't pull it out. That cop, the cop that shot Philando Castile, even when Philando Castile told him he had a gun, told him he was not reaching for the gun, 
Those tactics were taught by David Grossman. What does their predator do? They kill. I'm just speculating here, but I think those three fucks that Yanez yells out when he's done unloading a good chunk of a clip into a man sitting in a car he had pulled over for a busted taillight, I'm guessing that was him realizing this training had failed him. We should ask ourselves, do we want bulletproof warriors pulling us over for busted taillights? Those tactics lead to these outcomes. The Minneapolis Police Department, which has known a fair share of controversy, it's fair to say, looked at the Castile incident and others like it, looked at their training protocols and their, tra- their training offerings, and specifically pinpointed this training. Yep, out of all the stuff we do, Dave Grossman, Bulletproof Warrior, yep, that's the thing we're going to cut. They should have also cut whatever training trains officers to kneel on people's necks. And judging by the stories in the paper today, the Spokane Police Department also should cut whatever training teaches that because there was just a photo in the papers today of a police officer sitting on a man's neck in very much the same way that George Floyd was killed. This was back in March, just like a couple months ago. And just because that guy didn't die doesn't mean that deadly force wasn't used during a pretty routine encounter. Is that cool with you? It's not cool with me. So George Floyd has been dead barely a week. Much of our country is on fire over his death. Photojournalists have been shot with rubber bullets in the face. Their eyeballs have literally exploded in this violence. Script the entire nation. As I record this, there's a group of people outside the White House, larger than the inauguration crowd, in defiance of curfew. People are downtown protesting in Spokane right now. There was violence on the first night of protests, and I'm hearing it's tense tonight as well. The Spokane Police Department was just documented using the same techniques that killed George Floyd. And I'm sorry, but our entire regional law enforcement lives under the specter still of Otto Zem and the decade-long miscarriage of justice that finally, thankfully, led to a conviction, but it also led to a not insignificant number of police officers saluting Carl Thompson as he left the courtroom. That leaves a stain, guys. These are not protests merely of solidarity. They are protests demanding change here and now. We should definitely not be planning to train our cops in killology while our country is burning. So yeah, maybe just completely rethink everything you do. But for sure, cancel this training, for God's sake. <sighs> so yeah, man, roller coaster episode. I try to have a takeaway at the end of every episode. There isn't always a very concrete takeaway, but this one 100% is. It's simple. You can do it in 10 minutes. And if enough of us do it, hopefully this guy stays as far away from our town as possible. There's a bunch of links in the show description with all of the stuff I just talked about, if you have the stomach for it, I mean, don't, if you don't, for the love of God, it's one of the most nauseating, despicable six minutes I've ever sat through. But if you do have the stomach for it, Craig Atkinson's video, Conditioned Response, gives what feels like a really clear-eyed look into a culture I don't think most of us know about, but that affects all of our lives. And often when we're at our absolute worst, when we're at our absolute most desperate, and when we're looking for help, and we really wonder, can we actually find that help? When this is the culture that's training the helpers, or might we actually just end up dead at the hands of the helpers? 
that might have seemed hyperbolic a couple of years ago, and it actually is probably hyperbolic for a white guy, but for a non-white person, it's not hyperbolic at all, and I think the country knows that now. Sorry, let me rephrase that. It has become clear to even the most blinkered of white people the plight, the historic plight of people of color. It's a tipping point moment, hopefully. I mean, fucking knock on wood, because there are a lot of moments I thought would be tipping point moments, but hopefully this is a tipping point. There was an absolutely heartbreaking article about the owner of the shop where George Floyd tried to pay with that $20 bill. Some poor high school employee kid called the cops because he thought it was fake, and now a man's dead. And the store owner responds by saying, until the police stop killing innocent people, we will handle incidents like this one using nonviolent tactics that do not involve police. He's telling the, the supposed helpers, we don't want your help. You do not deserve our trust. I'll put that story in the show notes too. Also in the notes, a bunch of other sort of written materials that are a little less intense. Look through them. And I'm also including the email of both Ozzy and Chief Meidel. Please write emails to them. Tell them to cancel this training. This man deserves to be nowhere near, nowhere near our city. And you know what? Let's see how they respond. A couple days ago at the protest, the first half of the protest, the good part of the protest during the day, they took a knee. They did the Colin Kaepernick as a way, a signal. And as one of my friends, Jack, who we'll be talking to for a different episode later in the week, the way Jack said, that was a promise. This gesture, Kaepernick's protest that has become a universal American symbol at this point, absolutely derided by a good chunk of the country and absolutely almost enshrined as an act of civil disobedience. The cops did that act. They engaged in it. And in doing so, they made us a promise. They said, you're right. We see this now. We're doing the symbolic thing and we're going to make you a promise. This kind of brutality has no place in our police departments. Sheriffs, police, I don't know exactly who was kneeling, but the the cops who kneeled were making a promise to all of us that they were going to change these brutal practices. They were going to do better. This is a very concrete way that they can start living up to that promise. Cancel this training, send a clear message to not just the black community, but to all of us that this is a new day. This is the beginning of a change in Spokane area law enforcement. It's only a first step, but still a concrete first step right now, tomorrow. And I would suggest to you that the speed and the ease with which they make that decision and uphold that promise is going to say a lot. It's going to say a lot about whether they're going to even try to change the really hard stuff. This is easy. If they don't do this, we can't trust them to do anything else. If they do this, we also can't trust them to do anything else, but at least it's a start. Again, it's easy. Ban these training practices. Ban these tactics on our streets. Done. One police department's already done it. Others probably have too, but one very publicly has. The Spokane Police Department has been dragging its feet on a police ombudsman with actual teeth since 2006. These ongoing protests aren't just solidarity for George Floyd's family justice in Minnesota. They're a vote of no confidence in policing writ large, policing nationwide, the American model. And we're going to see how seriously our local law enforcement officials take that. Are they going to take it to heart? So yeah, y'all, like I said, short one today, please check out the email addresses in the show notes and write some letters. I told him not to reach for it. I told him to get his hand out. 
told him to get his ID, sir, and his driver's license. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, man. Good to have you on board. Stay hard. Hurrah. Excellent. Thank you very much. Proud to be a serviceman. Stay hard.